All right, welcome to another edition of Death, Taxes, and Duval. Rick Ballou on vacation this week. So I am honored to bring in Andrew Gibson, Gibby, to talk a little Jaguar football with this. Uh, Gibby, of course, is the producer on the Frangie Show uh, and uh, does such a great job. And uh, Hayes Carline with you. Ready to uh, to take you through another uh, episode, Gibby. First off, man, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for asking me to to be on, Hayes. This is a pleasure. There's so much excitement here in Jacksonville. We're now sitting about two weeks away from the draft, and I can't wait. I can't wait either. And we've got uh, some great sponsors of, of Death Taxes in Duval and want to give them their due. Uh, first off, the law office of Stephen Doty. Uh, Stephen does such a great job with uh, financial situations. If you've been involved in, in a bankruptcy or thinking of that, uh, you can reach Stephen at 416-8328. He also does family law. If you have uh, a divorce, maybe you want to get amended, uh, Stephen Doty is your guy. So once again, 416 416- 8328. Stephen prides himself on being affordable. If you've gotten a stimulus check or will be getting one soon, you can retain Stephen for $1,400. And also Patriot Roofing. Uh, they do such a great job. Uh, roofing, gutters, financing available, anything that you need. Uh, Mark can take care of you at Patriot Roofing. Eight, excuse me, 982-4052. That's 982-4052 for Patriot Roofing. So Gibby, let's go back to... Um, where where were you on the day where the Ravens destroy the Jaguars? We're all sort of playing out the string and thinking there's no way we're going to get Trevor Lawrence. And then the Jets are all of a sudden leading the Rams. And, and when what was that day like for you? So I was um, with my girlfriend, who's now my fiance. Congratulations! Um, thank you very much. We were watching the uh, the tail end of the Jaguars game, and I was keeping an eye on what uh, the Jets game was doing because obviously you had in your mind what that game meant. And so I, my, to me, honestly, Hayes, I was thinking about Justin Fields. I was planning in my mind, okay, the Jaguars are going to get Justin Fields. There's no chance of getting Trevor Lawrence. And then I, I just could not believe what the Jets uh, ended up doing. And it's to me, I think, as we've talked about on, on the Frangie Show now multiple times, the Jets are going to look back at what happened then going forward as the biggest mistake in their franchise history going forward now. I think you're dead on. What What's it been like? I kind of experienced this, and I'm curious if you have. Once it was clear the Jaguars were going to have the first pick and Trevor Lawrence uh, was, was going to be the quarterback here, it seemed like people that I didn't even think were really into the Jaguars, friends, family, I mean, all of a sudden asking me about the Jaguars, asking me about Trevor Lawrence. I know you've got family in North Carolina, not not you know South Carolina, but – did you go through any of that? Was it? Could you notice an immediate uptick in enthusiasm, even from sources where normally there hasn't been? Yeah, I think so. I, I actually one of my uh, cousins went to Clemson, and so uh, she would text me from time to time saying, "Hey, I think the Jaguars may get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you're going to get somebody special there." And so, yeah, I mean, I think look, the Jaguars. This is the first time in their franchise history that they've ever had the first pick, and now to have somebody like Trevor Lawrence is something that is just incredibly special. And to me, it's like you, you you just don't, as a Jaguars fan, you don't have to sit there and worry anymore. You don't have to think about, you know, are we going to get player X? Are we going to have to trade down? Are we going to have to trade up? No, you have the first pick. The draft starts with you, and you're taking Trevor Lawrence. And so I think the, the interest among people that, that I, you know, had not talking, talked to much about the Jaguars has increased. I think people, you know, the first thing they'll say uh, is, we're taking Trevor, right? That, mm-hmm. that's, that's done. That's 
you know, <laughs> and so you're just like, yes, that is done. That's going to happen. <laughs> it's uh, it's really amazing. What what are your expectations for Trevor in his rookie year? I think, look, I mean, I think we go back to just to, to give examples of what, you know, Andrew Luck did in his rookie year. Now, I would hope that the Jaguars can turn things around as quickly as Andrew Luck and the Colts did, uh, going from what were they, 2-14, and 14, and then they made the playoffs the next yeah. year. I mean, that was just an incredible turnaround. Look, I think his expectations are high. I think the Jaguars and, and Urban Meyer really, to me, have to bring in guys that are going to be able to surround him to, to really help them. I think, you know, the Jaguars feel pretty good, like we've said, about their offensive line. Um, I, I still have a little bit of doubts about that. I hope that the, the offensive line can continue to improve and, and, and gel, but you know they have to give him some more weapons. I mean, DJ Chark's a, a good, solid player, but I think they have to uh, increase the speed of this team, and I think that's one of the things that Urban Meyer has come in and said, this is what we're going to do. Um, I hope, in my hope, in the first few picks of this draft, that they're going to draft some speed at receiver. Uh, we've discussed Rondell Moore and Kadarius Tony at length. Um, those are two guys I think you'd you'd love if you if you're able to get uh, to assemble him with with Trevor Lawrence. Look, I think he'll have a good year. I think he's going to throw some interceptions. Quarterbacks do that as a rookie. Peyton Manning threw a ton his rookie year, so you're going to see the ups and downs. But I think you're going to see more positive than negative with Trevor in, in his rookie year. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you bring up receiver because the, really the mystery is that 25th pick. And I thought this was uh, really interesting today. So Dane Brugler, who we love, he's uh, been on the Frangie Show before. I think we'll be on again uh, shortly, did a seven-round mock draft for everybody uh, that was on The Athletic today. And he had, obviously, Trevor going first. Then he had Elijah Moore, the old Miss receiver, going 25th, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. But that same kind of speed, Moore and and Rondale Moore and Kadarius Toney are all sort of the same guy in in terms of that. But he had Elijah Moore going 25. He had Moorig falling to 33. And then he had uh, Fryermuth, the Penn State tight end, going 45. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of taking a safety that high, but even I've got to admit that would be a home run. Yeah, if you could get him at 33, that would be terrific. I'm with you. I don't think that – I don't see the Jaguars, in my opinion, taking a safety at 25. I mean, if you're going to take a safety in the first round, he better be Sean Taylor or Mm -hmm. Ed Reed. I mean, and I don't know anything about – Morig um, from TCU. I'd love to to study him a little bit more, especially if the Jaguars are able to draft him. Um, I would love to see either receiver or defensive line at the 25th pick, um, because look, I mean, Urban Meyer when he came here said we're going to have to um, fix this defensive line. We're going to have to build it there first. Then we're going to have to uh, increase the speed on this on this team overall. I think they accomplished some of that in free agency with the defensive line and also the speed element. But I don't think Philip Dorsett's really going to be the guy that's the speed guy for you. I mean, it just hasn't it just hasn't clicked for him in the NFL. He's he's a fast guy, but he's also older. Uh, Philip Dorsett's not 22, 23 anymore, and he's also coming off an injury. So um, I would love to see him get. Um, you know, Elijah Moore would be would be great. It's funny those Ole Miss receivers. You know, people didn't think a ton about what DK Metcalf could become, but look what he's become now it's in the a great NFL. Point. And AJ Brown, yes. I mean, uh, two tremendous players from from Ole Miss, and yeah, that if uh, if Elijah Moore is in that category, boy, that would be an outstanding pick. I just ha- I have not seen Moore uh, projected that high, so right. I thought it was really interesting. He actually had Tony going way late, like fifty one, maybe like wow. middle of the second. I'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, and and Rondale Moore later. So um, so I thought it was interesting, and uh, Dane does such a great job. And, and we're has- gonna have him tomorrow. 
Tomorrow. Okay, Tomorrow awesome. Tomorrow at 3.30. Yeah, he just put out his draft guide, and uh, I would strongly encourage anybody to uh, to get it if you subscribe to The Athletic. It's, uh, it is such a great resource. Um, I saw Adam Schefter like, shout him out. Did you yeah. see that? He's like, oh, hey, it's, if you want to think... read anything about the draft, check this yeah, out. That it, was Schefter. Oh, the detail that he puts into it is is beyond belief. So I'm, I'm glad you were able to catch up with him because I can't wait to... Uh, to talk with him about it in, in the draft process in general. It was interesting going through the rest of his uh, seven-round mock. Um, again, it was a league-wide mock draft, so it wasn't just for the Jaguars. He had them going uh, a couple of Ohio State guys, uh, which I guess would make some sense with the familiarity with Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. Um, in the third round, he has the Jaguars selecting offensive guard Josh Myers. Uh, and then in the fourth round, the linebacker named Pete Warner, uh, for both those players, uh, Buckeyes, um, then defensive tackle, um, Bobby Brown from Texas A&M. Then Sean Wade in the fifth round, uh, another Ohio State player from Trinity Christian here. Yeah. Uh, so that would be a cool hometown uh, story. And then outside linebacker, Jonathan Cooper, uh, Ohio, <laughs> Ohio State. There's a theme here. <laughs> um, and then the final pick, uh, offensive tackle, uh, Ehrlich Jox, uh, Jackson out of Iowa. So um, interesting uh, the breakdown here, and and I think it's it's what you're you're gonna see. We know that they're gonna have to invest more along the defensive front. The only thing that I would somewhat quibble with with his first four is it none of them affect the quarterback. I mean, it's it's a quarterback, a receiver, a safety, and a tight end, and that you can make an argument for all of them. But I I would really be surprised after Urban Meyer has said we want to build an elite defensive line. I would be surprised if you get into the second pick of the fourth round before you see the Jaguars address that. What about you? I would be surprised, too. I think uh, just given what he said publicly about what he wants to do, I mean, I would think that's the direction he goes. You know, Hayes, I'm fascinated with Urban Meyer's first draft as an NFL head coach. I'm really interested to see how it goes, where it goes. Does he lean on, you know, Ohio State, Big Ten, SEC with Florida? Does he, you know, lean Power Five, which is where he coached for the most part in most of his success? You know, how does that dynamic work? Uh, you know, he's obviously going to be the one that has the final say, and we know that Trent Baalke's the GM, but we're going to defer that to coach is what he often, right. <laughs> what he often yeah. says. So aren't you I'm, – I'm very fascinated with what the first Urban Meyer draft's going to look like. I, I am absolutely fascinated because you just don't know. I mean, is, is he going to approach it from a, a prism of something that we haven't really seen before? Are we going to look at it at the end of uh, the, the selections on Saturday evening and be like – wow, this is not the direction I expected him to go. Um, you don't know because he doesn't have that traditional NFL thought. Uh, Trent Baalke does, and I don't know how much Urban will lean on him for that, um, for sort of that checks and balances, but um, this roster can be made any way Urban Meyer sees fit. I mean, that's what 10 draft picks allot you. That's what five picks in the first 65 allot you, um, particularly after they've done so much and free agency. So it really will be interesting to see the direction in which they go. I, I got to think to your point, speed is going to be paramount. We know he's going to get his quarterback at one. So once you've done that, then you have to ask yourself, if you're Urban Meyer, what is our identity beyond we fixed quarterback? So or do we want to go offensive heavy and just do we want to put ourselves in a situation where 
we are just going to win shootouts? Do you want to really invest in the defensive front and say, we've got our quarterback, now we're going to go wreak havoc on yours? And I get that the draft doesn't really line up great in terms of where they where they are at 25. There's a good chance that you'll see uh, the edge rush kind of uh, fall apart a little bit by that part, part of the first round. Barmore may not be there. Uh, the defensive tackle out of Alabama that would make, I think, a ton of sense at 25. That's If he's there, I, that's who I would take, and I, I wouldn't give it a, much, of, much of a thought. Um, but I think when you look at it, that's where it's going to be really interesting to see where does he want to build this thing. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's a good place to be in. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is that with all these draft picks, does Urban Meyer, for the first time as a head coach being in an NFL draft situation, does he say, I want to trade up for that guy? Or, hey, I think we can get so-and-so here if we trade down. You know, how does, he, how does that work? Does he, does he, obviously, he's going to work in concert with Trent Baalke, the GM, and he's going to get feedback from Trent. But, you know, Jaguar fans would, would love to have their cake and eat it, too, if they could get Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Pitts. Um, I just don't see a scenario where you're going to be able to get both. But the other thing is that what does um, how does Urban Meyer value the tight end position? Because he said himself, we have to rebuild the tight end room. Um, how early do they take a tight end? Do they take a Hunter Long from Boston College, a Friar Muth from Penn State? You know, we've we've seen so many various mock drafts that have a tight end in the first five picks. Does Urban Meyer want to do that, or does he think, nah, we don't we don't really we have a a couple good blocking tight ends, but we, you know, we don't really have to spend a high pick on a tight end because I think, look, the NFL Kyle Pitts is going to go in the first probably five picks in the draft. There's already Travis Kelsey, there's Darren Waller, there's you know Gronk's down the road in his career, but the tight end position has just exploded in the NFL, and the Jaguars don't have one. They don't, and and again, that's one of those things where I, I think if if I had to say if I had to predict something that will shock us. Out of this NFL draft, I would say that it's that the Jaguars do not take a tight end high. I think they should, hmm. but and this is why I say that if it doesn't line up, if there's not a player that they love, and by the time that they, it just never really lines up. And sometimes that's just how the draft unfolds. Um, I still see them having an interest in Zach Ertz, so I wouldn't be overly surprised if we get to Saturday evening and I'll be panicking. Everybody will be panicking. Like you got to be kidding me. How did they? How do they not draft a tight end, and or maybe not take one high? Right. Um, you know, maybe in the sixth, seventh round they address it. But um, you know, how do you not do that? The only thing I can think of if that happens is they must believe that sometime between now and training camp starting, they're going to make a move, whether it's for Zach Ertz, whether it's for Joku in Cleveland, you know, whoever. But I mean, because otherwise, I, I don't know how. Again, to your point how you can rebuild a position and then basically sign Chris Manhurts as your blocking tight end and bring back James O'Shaughnessy. It just doesn't, that's not a rebuild. That's a, a slight tweaking. Um, so it, it seems like they have to get one, but that's the only thing I would say if I had to predict something in terms of a shocker, it may be them uh, waiting on tight end and it may just not work out because again, I think that's a position where they probably can go trade and maybe give away some, a, a late round 2022 pick to get a player like Zach Ertz. Yeah, and I think any way you can um, try to acquire a tight end is something they have to do because you know we don't often see a head coach as forthcoming 
with his comments like Urban Meyer has been with the Jaguar media and the national media saying we have to rebuild that room. I mean, you just don't see or hear coaches say that uh, specifically. Number one, you don't hear them say that often. And number two, you don't hear them uh, you know, a- act on it like that in, a, in various ways because you know, coaches a lot of times will speak in generalities. Yeah, we've got we to gotta do some work here and there. But, I mean, rebuild the room, that's, that's pretty much saying we have to fix that position quickly. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, this is Death Taxes in Duval. Andrew Gibson and Hayes Carline along with you. Rick Ballou on vacation this week. Uh, Death Taxes in Duval is brought to you by our friends at Patriot Roofing. You can reach Mark at 982-4052 for all types of roofing and gutters. Patriot Roofing, they do have financing available. And our good friends uh, uh, at the law office of Stephen Doty. Stephen's such a huge Jaguars fan. Really appreciate his support. If you're having a financial hardship, you're thinking about bankruptcy, Stephen's an excellent resource. Or if, if you have a family law issue, maybe you got divorced a few years ago, uh, you want to amend something, something in your life has happened, you can do that. Stephen can tell you all about it. You can reach Stephen at 416 416- 8328. All right. So, what would be your dream scenario at 25? Who is the player that you're really hoping is there? I hope it's uh, Kadarius Toney um, because, as we've talked about, um, the Jaguars need that speed and playmaking ability on, on the offense that they just don't have right now. I think if you look at today's NFL, you know, good teams in the NFL don't have one or two receivers. They have sometimes three or four <laughs> good ones, and and not just receivers, but just pass catch, catching options as we've discussed with tight end. I don't think if it's not Kyle Pitts, you don't take a tight end that high at twenty five. I'd love to see it be Kadarius Tony. If it's not him, you know, go with a defensive lineman at some point. If if Christian Barmore is there, that would be a nice addition along the defensive front for the Jaguars. But I'm with uh, what Frank has said on the show, and and that is you got to bring in playmaking ability on the offensive side. I mean, for example, look back at the uh, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, just go down the line of who they had at, w- at wide receiver in Tom Brady's disposal. I don't think you can have enough weapons today in today's NFL. Uh, the, the league has gone that direction. They've shown you that. Um, and I think that somebody like Kadarius Tony at 25 would be terrific for the Jaguars. That's where I ended up. I participated in a media mock draft for a, a New York radio station earlier this week. And so I, I had both picks, obviously Trevor at one no-brainer. And then at 25, I took Tony because Barmore went 17th to the Raiders. Uh, and it's a similar format that we do here for on Jaguars today that they do such a great job of. They, they get a guy in every market to sort of make the pick for the team, which I think gives you a really good representation of how it might turn out. Sure. Um, instead of it being one person with one singular perspective, you get you know, multiple uh, perspectives. And, and I think that lends to a, 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 a good exercise and how it might go. So Barmore went 17th, and then there was a lot of run on edge rush. Uh, and so as I looked at it, the um, last receiver taken, I believe, was Devontae Smith at 13. So, you know, now 12 picks later, you're at 25. Again, Barmore is gone. And I was like, I can't pass on you know, Kadarius Tony at 25. I, I think he probably doesn't make it there, but um, but that was the direction I went. Again, Barmore would be my ideal, but I, I don't know that he's going to be there because there's such a little bit of supply on the interior defensive line. It would stand to reason that some team in that range, 17 to 24, will say, look, we'll, we're going to take him because we really want to get uh, a, a big-time building block at defensive tackle, and we know it's it, there's not much left. Um 
so anyway, but yeah, I, I think Tony is a great call, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, man, thank you so much for joining us. This was great. It was great talking Jags with you. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on, and uh, very much looking forward to the draft. It's a very exciting time in Jacksonville. I don't know how many times uh, in a Jaguars fan's life that they're going to be any more excited than what's going to happen a few Thursdays from now, taking Trevor Lawrence. And that's just the beginning of what's going to be a, a great run here at, in Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, spectacular job. Gibby, really appreciate you joining us. Rick Ballou will be back next week. This is Hayes Carlion signing off on Death, Taxes, and Duval.